Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Let's talk something weird and esoteric. What do you think? I love weird. Do you like esoteric? Sometimes. Okay. Well, today we're going to talk about... You ready? No. We're talk... Oh, okay. We're gonna talk ready. About, <laughs> buckle up, people. We're gonna talk about DSTs versus syndicates. Is that a like a, a, a disease? A DST is a, a like an STD, but with um, dyslexia. Yeah. Well, obviously, syndications are better. So, <laughs> yeah. There you go. So that was uh, today's episode. We appreciate you taking some time. Is that Don't... a dad joke you just slipped in there? Uh, yes. <laughs> I thought it was good. Snuck it right in there. I hope nobody would notice, but here we go. Okay, so DSTs stand for Delaware Statutory Trust. Um, what the hell is that? That's a good question. It's an investment vehicle not too dissimilar from conceptually something like a REIT, something that's like typically going into a very stable, very fixed return asset. Um, there's nuances in terms of how much return you can generate how easily you can pull your money out and all of these things. But one of the reasons people like it is if you're selling an asset and you can't line up a 1031, like you can't find that next building that makes sense because, you know, timing just didn't work out. Well, you can always just take those proceeds and shove them into a DST. And there's usually a bunch of DSTs you can choose from. And so if you don't want to pay the taxes and you're okay just getting a fixed coupon rate of return. It's not going to be crazy. It's like 3%, 4% in a lot of cases, and you just want to live off that cash flow for whatever many years. That's a good option. So it works well for typically older people that are kind of late in the game, and they're, they're not really needing a huge lump sum of cash. They just need a fixed coupon. But um, that's high level. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think that's pretty good. Um, the way I think of DSTs is they're a, a, a really they're a solid backup plan if all else fails, if all your other exchange um, plans fall through, and, and you just need to avoid that tax bill. Um, it could be a good option. It's not really the ideal option for anybody, mm-hmm. unless they, you know, yeah. That, I don't think it's going to be anybody's first choice. At least nobody I've so, ever yeah. talked to. But well, it's, it's, it's a good resource for certain people at certain times. Because one of the, the caveats here is that what's one interesting thing with the DST is it is a fixed return. It's, it's what they call a guaranteed return. Mm. You're not getting more than whatever they advertise. So if they say you're getting 4%, you're getting 4%. Something to be said about that. But, but you're not getting more. Yeah, and the thing is, I, th- I want to say they're all going to be relatively low leverage. Really low yeah, leverage. So These are as about as safe as you can get in terms of like risk return profiles because they're yeah. They're trying to go into like really stable cash generating assets because they need to hit that return, yeah. which isn't very high. So, so I mean, they're not, they're not a good yield machine mm-hmm. at all. Um, and if you look like the last couple of years where inflation was more than outpacing those returns, like, yeah, you're technically losing money. Like, yes, you get coupon payments coming out, but realistically, inflation's seven, eight percent, and your return is three. 
that, yeah. that's not great. The, so it's just really like if you need to avoid that tax bill, like you could probably just kind of write off the, the quote unquote returns. It's the real return is not paying Uncle Sam. Yeah. And, and I think there's like a certain threshold where this really starts to make sense when you're like, if you've got millions of dollars of potential capital gains that you're going to have to pay on mm-hmm. and you're getting late in life and you're like, I don't want to pay those and you throw it into DST, DST because you don't need a lot of cash to live off of. Cool. And then you can, yeah. you can then make it to the end of life's race, AKA um, the moment when you become unliving and then it passes to your heirs. And then that becomes, you know, the, the capital, what is it? The depreciation resets. Basis resets. Basis resets. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, it's, um, um, another thing to point out here too, is that you can't, you can't exit the DST early. You got to wait until it unwinds. Yeah. Naturally. And they're not, they're not the easiest things to find either. You've got to go through a financial advisor who can sell security. So it's not like you're going to be able to just go online and start searching for DSTs and shopping around. You've got to find someone to broker it for you. And then, um, you know, so hopefully you have that connection. So not the easiest thing to find. Might not feel like the most transparent option, yeah. but when all else fails and you want to avoid the tax bill, it could be good. But now, the other option here versus the DST is 1031-ing into, you know, ideally you can find your own property to 1031 into, but maybe you're tired of being active and you're ready to go passive. And so you still don't want to pay those tax bills. What you can do is you can 1031 into a syndicate or into a joint venture. This is called, not, not really a joint venture, it's called the tenant in common. So you're co-owning the building with other partners. And then you can create a management agreement where those other partners are gonna manage the asset on every all the owner's behalf. Functionally, you're, you still maintain the 1031, you don't have to pay the taxes, and then you're not doing the active day-to-day work. And this is actually something that we've carved out a weird competency in the last three years. We've done a, like six, Feels like five or six of these, a number of them. Yeah, several. Um, More than that, actually. With investors who were like, "Oh, I want a ten thirty one. My I got three buildings I'm selling. They ten thirty one into a deal, and we we operate it just like as if it was a syndicate." So yeah, a lot of people don't even realize that that's a thing. They're totally. like, "Oh, if I need to sell an investment property I had, I'm going to do a ten thirty one exchange." Like most people don't know DSTs exist, and so they think they've got to go buy another property, and they're like, "Ah, oh, I don't want to do that." Then they find out about the DST thing and they're like, oh, that's, I mean. <laughs> I don't want to do that either. <laughs> underwhelming, but maybe a little better. At least I don't have to do any work. And then when we start talking about this option, like, oh, wait, that that's great. I get, you know, the returns of like just being in a normal syndication, which is you know, far above the 3% you're probably getting in a mm-hmm. DST. And uh, I could still 100% be passive. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's win-win. A, it's a really good situation. Uh, not a lot of groups do these deals, so... Off the top of my head, I can think of a lot of admin work that we have to do. So I can see why it's yeah these timelines. You've got to have the right opportunity at the right time for the person who's exchanging to be able to, you know, match up and have it make sense. But if you've got good deal flow and good consistent deal flow and you've already kind of worked out the kinks of this process, which we have, um, it makes sense to have that uh, available to your investor pool. Mm -hmm. All that's to say, this is this episode is not meant to be a pitch of our services by any means. But if you are sitting on a 1031 in the next year or two and you're curious to learn more about this, you just want more information, whether you decide to, you want to jump in with us or with a different group that does this, happy to share everything that we know. So just shoot us an email. I'm Anthony at InvictusMultifamily.com. Let us know what you're looking at with your 1031. Give us some details uh, about your timelines and all that stuff. And, you know, we can do our best to you know, either help facilitate it ourselves or connect you with other groups 
who might be a better fit for you. So all that's to say, don't suffer in silence. Let us know if we can help. Um, anything else to add? No. That was my gratuitous sales pitch, which besides pitching pitch, our book, it's a pitch. besides pitching our book, I don't know if we've ever pitched anything on this podcast really. Mm, not directly, but... It's always highly yeah, in- inferred. We've been subliminally pitching... It's the implication of a pitch. Something. I haven't figured out what it is yet, but we're, we're pitching something. We're pitching... Don't Something. go there. Let's, <laughs> let's let's wrap this up before right. it gets weird. So let's get on out of here, everybody. We appreciate you being here. Um, as always, uh, you guys rock. Um, the gals, you rock as well. And I am just rambling right now. Per usual. Really don't have anything this else to add. End. Just tune out or turn me off. And you got like 10 more seconds. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>